Town Bank Mortgage. NMLS number 512138 is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for information purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, it's been a little while, but we are finally able to say that we got a good inflation report from the previous month. It was a good day. It was a good, good day. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and yes, we finally got it. <laughs> it's been a while. Like I said, we got a inflation report that beat expectations. And I would say um, a pretty good beat at that. Um, they were already expecting inflation year over year to fall. And it fell even more than expected. There's still some problem areas. We are not out of the woods. Not really close. Uh, I mean, we're still... Well above the target rate, especially core inflation. Uh, But like I said, good report, good reaction. And the sentiment seems to be the Fed's done raising rates. (laughs) I think right after the report came out, the CME Fed watch tool put a Fed increase at 0% for the December and January meeting. So, and now... The conversation is when are they going to cut? But we'll get we'll get to that here in a second. So let's start. Let's start with the top line number. That's where we are going to begin. The consumer price index for all urban consumers slowed to 3.2% in October, down from 3.7% in September. So we're talking about a half a point drop. And we are now at the lowest level since July. Because remember in July. We had seen what, like ten months, ten straight month months of <laughs> ten straight month, uh, ten straight months of declines, and then we saw a little bit of an upswing, and then finally we have dipped back down. So we are at the lowest level since July, and that was thanks to a 02 percent increase from uh, September, which was down from September's point three percent increase. And in fact, was the lowest monthly increase since July. So a lot of parallels to what was happening in July. And as I mentioned, we beat the streets. Economists were expecting the the top line year over year number to fall to 3.3%. We actually were at 3.2%. And so what was the cause of this big drop? The food index rose 0.3%. Now, that was actually higher than the 0.2% increase that we saw in September, and it was the highest level since February. So it was not food prices. However, food price growth slowed to 3.3% in October. That is down from 3.7% in September and is now at the lowest level since September, or excuse me, June 2021. So, you know, we, we, it's kind of a mixed bag with food. So we did see kind of a big jump month over month. But, of course, we had a big month fall off from the prior year. So we saw that year over year number fall now to the lowest level 
in over two years. So that's a good sign. And here's what's crazy. So one of my favorite categories with food is looking at, I love all food, (laughs) but my favorite category is not like individual items, you know, like eggs and um, drinks and, you know, things like that. No, no. It's the food away from home versus food at home. So groceries versus eating in a restaurant. And here's what's amazing. Food at home, AKA groceries, slowed to 2.1%. So they're almost, grocery prices are almost at the target rate. I mean, pretty much there. That's the lowest level since June 21. And But food away from home slowed to 5.4%. That's the lowest lumber since October of 21. So we still have this big spread. I mean, it's over three percentage points difference between groceries and what um, you're paying at restaurants. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you're still seeing the help wanted signs at restaurants. So this hasn't changed people's habits just yet. But it is a good sign for those of you who are sticking it out and maybe are cooking more, you are seeing a benefit from that. So one of the real big reasons why we did see, and I've got to tell you something, when those horrible terrorist attacks happened in Israel and the debate began about what Israel was going to do when they were going to retaliate, it was pretty much, it seemed like it was, without question, we were going to, I mean, it was already the winter time. We were going to see oil prices jump. The question is how much? And like I said, it was already winter. So we are expected to see oil prices rise and then the unrest in the middle East. And so, I mean, everyone just thought that we were going to see energy prices increase, if not skyrocket. And here in the October report, the energy index fell 2.5% in October. That was down from the 1.5% increase in September. So we're talking a four percentage point swing. That's a big difference. And it's the biggest drop that we've seen since May for energy prices. Uh, Energy prices year over year are now down 4.5%. And they are now down, um, or that's down from the half a percent that they were down (laughs) in September. And it is the biggest yearly drop since July. Once again, another July parallel. Gas prices almost entirely the cause of this dip with prices falling 5% in just the month of October, which has now pushed prices down 5.3% year over year and electricity costs were up a little bit. Um, I can't remember the top of my head, but they were up like two, 3% year over year in a little bit um, month over month, but it was gas prices that pushed that energy index down more than even economists were expecting. So it wasn't necessarily food, even though food is moving in the right direction, energy, which like I said, a month ago, I mean, no one, would have thought that we'd be seeing a drop in energy prices. Uh, But of course, what economists are looking at the most, especially the Fed, is what is happening with core prices. 
because, you know, I mean, obviously food and energy fluctuate. And so that's why they look at what's happening with core and core actually was a little better than expected as well. The index for all items, less food and energy rose just 0.2% in October down from a 0.3% rise in September and was the smallest rise since yeah, July. <laughs> the parallels to July are endless. Year-over-year price growth actually slowed to 4%. That was down from 4.1%. And it beat expectations. They thought it was going to hold at 4.1%. That 4% number is the lowest number since September 2021. So what was the reason that we didn't see a bigger drop in core? Not surprisingly, shelter costs. The report itself notes the shelter index was the largest factor in the monthly increase shelter costs even though they did moderate some the shelter index increased 0.3 percent in october half of the increase that we saw in september and was the smallest increase since june shelter cost growth or shelter cost growth there we go slowed to 6.7 percent year over year down half a percent from 7.2% in September and is now the lowest level since last September. So we are moving in the right direction, but there's no doubts that housing costs still weighing on overall inflation, but especially uh, core consumer prices. And it's really funny because you see a lot of people on Twitter who will say, all right, well, if you take the core, so you take out food, you take out energy, and then you take out housing, and we're at 2%. <laughs> so you can't take out all those things, all right? You can't take out all those things and then claim victory because people are going to laugh at you. Economists might agree with you, but people, the general public, is going to laugh at you, especially if you're like someone who's advising like a political candidate to go out there and say, well, yeah, I mean, listen, if you take out food, something that people buy every day, you take out energy, something that people buy probably once a week, and housing, their biggest expense every month, Hey guys, we're at 2%, baby. <laughs> what are you so upset about? Yeah, that's just, that's, that's not a winning message. So what was the reaction? Well, like I said, the reaction was pretty much the Fed is not going to be hiking rates again. Nick Timoros over at the journal said, or wrote in the journal, quote, the inflation report unleashed stock and bond market rallies as investors concluded the Fed was done raising rates and shifted attention to when officials might begin cutting rates. And yeah, it was a great day for the 10-year, which means it was a good day for mortgage rates. Uh, the 10-year fell just, uh, at one point, it, it looked like it was going to eclipse 20 basis points. Uh, it ended the day down just under 18 basis points. 4.45%. That is the lowest close since September 22nd, we will take it. We will. Let's hope it continues. Usually we get like kind of like a dead cat bounce. We'll see like rates move up a little bit and then kind of decide where they're going to go. But, you know, we're getting retail numbers today. Also, uh, PPI. So I guess it's possible if we got like really bad retail numbers. I think it's, I think it's supposed to fall 0.1%. If it falls worse than that, we could get continued downward movement in the 10-year yield. 
<laughs> it's so weird how to say that because you're like, it's moving downward, but that's good. That's good word. <laughs> that's good for us because it's, it's good for rates. Good word. Is that a new word? Am I making that up? Good word. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it would be good for us if you know we, bad retail numbers came in <laughs> because then it would give people even more of an argument for, oh, oh, now we're definitely talking about when the Fed is going to cut rates because look what's happening to retail numbers. People aren't buying as much. The economy's slowing down. So we'll see. We'll see what PPI is. And or what is what? Actually, you know what? I'm going to look that up right now. What is PPI supposed to be? I should... I should have it in front of me, but I do not. And if I was smart, I would cut this out, but I'm real. So I'm just going to keep talking while I try and Google. Here we go. Producer prices are expected to have risen by 0.1% in October, increasing uh, 2.3% year-over-year core PPI up 0.2% year-over-year, holding at 27 So if those numbers come in better than expected and... Worse retail numbers, we could see the 10-year continuing to move in a positive direction. So that was that was one of the um, initial reactions. That was Nick T- Timoros over at the Wall Street Journal. And now I can't find where my... <laughs> there we go, I found it. <laughs> then we had... Um, so Gina Smeliak, I think is how you say her name. She said the report provided the Federal Reserve with renewed evidence that its battle against rapid inflation is working and likely reduced the need for further rate increases. So we got Smeliak, I think I'm saying that right, and Timoros, who are always, I mean, they're like the Fed watchers. You know, Timoros, of course, is the Fed whisperer. You know, he gets, he's got some good access. And so they're both like, hey, Fed hikes over that's definitely a good thing but let's hear from someone who's actually with the fed chicago fed president austin goolsby said on cnbc that quotes over the next couple of months we might equal the fastest drop in inflation in the last century and i think he did note that outside of you know war and a recession so we're making progress on the inflation rate goolsby went on to say that quote the key to progress from here on inflation is housing I mean, he's right. I mean, that's that's one of the sticky kind of problematic areas that we're dealing with because if you raise rates to fight inflation, which is what we've been doing, you're increasing the cost of buying a home, which means fewer people are going to buy a home. So demand's going to fall. Unfortunately, the higher the rates go, the less likely it is people are going to leave their homes. That's something they never dealt with before. It's the first time in like 50 years that we're in a rising rate environment. Usually people buy, rates fall, they can then refi. There's a reason to get, or or either refi or to buy another house. This is the first time where rates are significantly higher than where they were a few years ago. And lots of all the people refied. We saw record levels of loan originations, both purchases and refis. And so people are like, well, I'm definitely not leaving. I got 2.8% rate. I got a 3.2% rate, whatever it is. I'm not leaving when rates are at eight. And luckily they're not. Mostly, for the most part, at 8%. <laughs> I think they briefly got there. Briefly got there. But if, you know, if you're doing, 
I mean, what do we have? The, the data from Freddie Mac and um, mortgage paying never got to 8%. It got close. And of course, you know, rates are all dependent on the borrower and what's your credit and a whole bunch of other factors. Um, but now we've, we've seen a move in the other direction. Now we have the 10-year below 4.5%. Um, but so people are staying in their homes. And so that's keeping supply down. And so that's putting upward pressure on prices, even with the drop in demand. I mean, we're at 30 year lows for demand, but we're at like forever lows when it comes to inventory. And so it's creating a situation where home prices are rising. Now, more than likely, we're going to see home prices fall kind of like they did last year, end of this year, beginning of next year, going into the home buying season, spring, and then prices will probably rise back up depending on when the spring buying season starts. Last year, it was like February that we started to see home prices start to rise. But yeah, it's, it's this problem where increasing rates might actually be having a negative impact on trying to stop inflation. And so that's, I'm assuming that's what Goolsby's talking about. He did not elaborate. So I am putting words in his mouth. But those are my, those are my words. That's what I think he is talking about. So we will see uh, if the 10-year continues to fall. Had a great day yesterday. It would be great if this continues. But usually, like I said, you get kind of this bounce where everyone goes, okay, what happened yesterday? It's like a hangover. Okay, we, we got to adjust some rates, move back up a little bit, and then maybe continue on their downward trajectory. But we'll see. We'll see. If we get bad retail and maybe good PPI, maybe it continues. No one knows. No, no one knows. That's, that is my uh, best guess. Uh, before we go, I did want to give you a heads up. There was a great piece in the Wall Street Journal about by Anne-Marie Chaker, and it was about that, you know, the big lawsuit that we talked about here on the podcast, the National Association of Realtors, what the impact of possibly lower commissions for real estate agents is going to have. And it's interesting. It's, it, all, it all sort of aligns with that piece that we, you know, when that story broke, I found that article from 2019 by Justin Wolfers, who's an economist. And he was basically arguing that there's too many real estate agents and that a lot of part-timers especially. And so you remove them from the equation. So you lower premiums and then you have, a, or lower commissions. Then you have a situation where agents might be getting paid less per deal but they're getting more deals and they're spending more time actually working on being a real estate agent and not in marketing and having to do podcasts and Instagram videos, <laughs> everything that you have to do that I do. I like doing that though. I like doing that. Um, you know, obviously I, it's, I'm not a loan officer, so I'm not doing it to drum up business. I just like doing this. I'm a fan. It's, I do this for me and you, but mostly me. I'm selfish. <laughs> I like, I like talk, I talked to a microphone since 2009, so I'm not going to stop. So, but a lot of people don't like doing it. And so they have to. And so it could create a situation where they have to spend less time marketing and more time actually being a real estate agent and working with their clients and helping them out and doing the actual job of a real estate agent. But that seemed to be sort of the consensus that uh, Shaker came to in this report that you're going to see fewer, the people she talked to 
you know, you, you had part-time agents, like this one woman who's an acupuncturist who got into real estate because, you know, COVID and no one was wanted to go see an acupuncturist and be in a room with someone and not wear a mat, you know, just all that. The, the no, um, what, what was it called? The, the, the high touch businesses <laughs> where you're touching people, you know, the kind of have to when you're an acupuncturist. And so her, her business activities back to pre pandemic levels. So she's probably going to let her license lapse and not renew it. She doesn't need to do it anymore. And you're going to see a lot of part-timers, people that just weren't good at their job. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do something else. Uh, they can't survive on the few deals that they were getting. And so, in fact, there was crazy here. They point to an investment bank, Keith Bruett and Woods, who says that potentially they are predicting more than half and as many as 80% of agents could leave the profession amid what we've already seen plus future litigation and what that's going to do to the business. 80 per, that's crazy. That would be a big shift. <laughs> now, of course, you know, that's just a projection. We will see what happens. But it was very interesting that she was making very the same kind of argument that Justin Wolfers made uh, in that piece four years ago about what would happen if we did see a change in the way commissions work for real estate agents. All right. Um, as I mentioned, we got retail sales. That's out at 830. Supposed to fall 0.1%. That number's really bad, and we get good PPI numbers that are also out at 8.30. We could see the continued drop in the 10-year, a.k.a. continue falling of mortgage rates. So we will see what happens either way. I will be talking to you again on Friday morning. I don't know why I separated those words that way. <laughs> I'll be talking to you Friday morning. It's not Friday period morning. I'll be talking to you Friday morning for another edition of markets and mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.